We're doing jumping jacks on a ledge, 1800 feet above the valley. One person cannot stop a river from being dammed, but I figure I would try. I was pretty sure that the locals were sandbagging us. I mean, we're in this truck, we're driving down the dark. At Patagonia, we are climbers and skiers. We are surfers and anglers. We're activists and dreamers. Stories are the fabric of our shared culture. Visit us at Patagonia.com. He's my eldest brother. I'm one of seven children. And Sean was really the first guy that kind of left home and sort of would travel on his own, on his bicycle, and just be gone. We'd be like, where is Sean? And we get a call from Canada. You know, we lived in Philadelphia. That's pretty far away. So if you're a climber, chances are you probably recognize this voice. This is Timmy O'Neill, professional rock climber, adaptive sports activist, dirtbag personality extraordinaire. You've probably seen him in about every climbing video made in the last five years. But right now he's talking about his brother, Sean. He was my role model growing up. He also you know, went to art school. He was the crazy artist living in downtown Philadelphia with a bunch of other crazy artists. So I was still just a young kid, and I would go down there and visit him and kind of open my eyes up to the possibilities. And eventually I left Philadelphia far behind and started traveling and rock climbing and living on the road. Here's Sean on the subject. I mean, when you say that, that's like super flattering to me, but it's funny because I don't think of myself as anybody special. I don't think of myself as, I mean, we're just brothers. We just, you know, by coincidence, share blood and uh, history. Now, I know from personal experience that brothers do not always see eye to eye on the influence that they have on one another's development. And Sean and Timmy, they're the same. They don't always harbor the same perspective on their shared lives. But like most brothers, they've got a lot in common. Both come equipped with a wicked sense of humor. They share an indomitable, tenacious spirit. Both are risk-takers. It's just part of who they are. More than 17 years ago, that sense of daring cost Sean in a big way. T12, there's the injury level. It's a burst fracture, a crushed vertebrae. I've been looking at this bridge on the Mississippi River for like 14 months, and I jumped off at... Uh, without having done the proper research and development phase. It was like twice as high as anything I'd ever jumped off of. I hit the water without having my legs all the way underneath me, and that greater surface area kind of stopped my pelvis, my shoulders still rushing down, and it crunched me up in the middle. The accident left Sean without feeling or the use of his legs. He would spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair. While Sean's condition colors his basic process, it does not dictate or define who he is or what he's capable of. It does not exclude him from climbing with his brother. I mean, I think soon after his injury, we were talking about doing, you know, rope ascension. And I climbed El Cap eventually. And I was like, wow, man, Sean would love to climb El Cap. So what defines you? Is it how you look? Is it your past? I doubt it. It's the course we chart between dawn and dusk that makes us who we are. Today, reporter and podcaster James Mills takes the reins from me and brings us a story about two brothers, one very big cliff face and a 17-year-old dream. Sometimes climbs don't end with summits. Sometimes they can extend into our lives. You're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. Yeah, yeah! This is the sound of pull-ups. 
Sean O'Neill ascends a vertical rope suspended from a high tree in a meadow. He's set up across from the parking lot at Camp 4 in Yosemite Valley. Just down the road a bit, El Capitan awaits. In typical O'Neill Brothers fashion, they've set their sights on this 3,000-foot wall of sheer granite. He hauls himself up the rope by an intricate series of locking cam devices that hold his body weight. Sean and Timmy use a similar system to climb to the top of Devil's Tower and a few other multi-pitch routes, but this will be their first climb over several days on a big wall. Attached to the rope, Jumars allow him to transfer his weight from one device to a second device equipped with a pair of grips like handlebars. In addition to the standard climbing harness, Sean wears a pair of heavy-duty chaps made with ballistics cloth to protect his legs curled beneath him. Okay. Sean pulls himself up the rope about a foot at a time. He's going to have to repeat this process over and over, maybe five to six thousand times if he okay. wants to summit. Timmy coaches him from below. I'm already tired. Whoa. You haven't even done a pitch yet. <laughs> <laughs> you only have 30 more to go. There's no doubt, for his leap from that Mississippi bridge 17 years ago, Sean paid a very high price. But it didn't change the person who he was and continues to be, whether pushing his wheelchair up the windswept highway of Mount Washington or sending a rope to the summit of El Cap in Yosemite. He has no interest in the sympathy of those around him. After I got paralyzed, I started doing dances, an art thing, to get back some of the directness I'd lost by not being able to, you know, be in postures I used to. But I just did it to do it. And then people come up to me with tears in their eyes and stuff and tell me how beautiful it is and how great. I'm like, well, thanks. Or like going up these hills. I don't, you know, I go up them to try and get to the top because it's hard. You know, but I do. I get a kick out of people driving by me and beeping, you know, or uh, looking at you in the rearview mirror and giving you the thumbs up. I get a kick out of that, but it's just for fun. Disabled athlete Mark Wellman was the first paraplegic to successfully climb El Cap with his partner Mike Corbett in 1989. That was around the time of Sean's injury. Using the same rope ascension system developed by Wellman, Sean and Timmy, with two other experienced climbers, would duplicate that feat. Timmy! Hey man, what's up, How dude? How are you, brother? Good to see you, dude. Yeah, you too, dog. Right on. Have you met Dean? In addition to Timmy, Sean's wall team includes veteran Yosemite climbers Ammon McNeely and Cedar Wright. Like Timmy, both Ammon and Cedar are professional climbers and have climbed El Cap dozens of times before. Dee Thomas, an adaptive climbing instructor with Outward Bound, will head up the ground crew. She'll make sure that Sean is safe and comfortable. After much debate, the team finally settles on the route called Space. Once decided, Timmy makes the rounds of Camp 4 to recruit some monkeys to help with the approach. In order to be considered to be a monkey, you need to be a climber, and not just any normal climber, meaning you're a dirt bag, living out of a vehicle, if you even have one. Uh, you're filthy, you don't shower very often, 
and you're all about climbing. You're completely passionate. It's your one main focus. It's just like, you know, people that you can absolutely relate to. You know, they totally get everything that you're about because they're about the same thing, which is living here in the dirt and climbing these massive big walls and being so alive and so in touch with the moment because that's where you exist. They're not worried about the past. They're not concerned with the future. It's right here, right now. You're a monkey. Ah, primal. But when the morning to begin finally arrives, it's raining. We pass the time huddled under the canopy of an open hatchback in a car parked in the highway across from El Cap Meadow. Always the comedian, Timmy clowns on the radio with other climbers stuck in their portal edges, high up on the big wall. Are you needing rescue? Cause our weather very scary. <laughs> Over. <laughs> Are you where are you located on the wall? We're going to spot you with our rifles. I mean, spotting scope. <laughs> By early afternoon, a break in the weather rallies the team to get a move on. The Camp 4 monkeys hustle together and carry Sean with the remaining gear to the base of the climb. We leave his wheelchair at the car. Strong hands hoist his weight to broad shoulders. It's as if Sean has suddenly sprouted 12 pairs of legs. Looking good, man. So in the fellowship of honor among climbers in the valley, the monkeys carry Sean to the base of El Cap like a warrior heading for battle, like he's their monkey king. It's as if they're carrying him to his throne to sit on high above them, master of all he could see. Grinning like a little kid, he relishes in the monkey's attention. It's like a warm embrace between a beloved king and his cherished subjects. But to ascend to his throne, to truly be king, Sean must first climb. There's a bit of tension in the air, tinged with a little fear and uncertainty. Sean pulls on his system. He drags his legs across the rock, getting himself into position. All the while, there's Timmy standing by, making sure everything's okay. Okay, go for it, dude. And with a tug on his ascending rig, Sean takes his first step as a big wall climber, as a monkey. And then his next. And then his next. And his next. Sean made it without a hitch to the first belay stance. Timmy followed up right behind, cleaning the pitch of gear along the way. The climb was on. Good work, Sean. See, talk to you later. Thanks for all the help so far. First climbed in the 70s by Charles Cole, space is a vertical line to the summit. It starts out at a shallow dish of ledge commonly known as the alcove. With broad expanses of smooth featureless rock and wicked overhangs, space is hardly a trade route. 
rated A5, it's one of El Cap's hardest, most dangerous lines of passage. Even Ammon, with 43 El Cap summits, had never climbed this route. It's going to be an adventure for everyone. You might think the easiest, most direct route to the top of El Cap would be best. But a course of travel with lots of overhangs means Sean's rope will be suspended away from the rock, allowing him to ascend in midair without the friction of granite. With ropes set in advance, the team cruises to their first campsite on the wall. The wall team sets up their portal edge. Out come the sleeping bags as they settle in for their first night on the wall. Cruising up the wall by 8 a.m. Great, 10-4. Good night, guys. The next morning, the wall team gets off to an early start. Sean climbs just a few inches at a time, but he's making good progress. That sounds great. Is there anything we can help you out with from here? Just positive, positive send vibes. Woo! Woohoo! Oh! Watching from the ground, everyone is in high spirits. But just before sunset, we receive a garbled transmission from Timmy. Timmy, can you hear me? He didn't drop it, did he? The pee kit is a small bag containing medical supplies, catheters, rubber tubing, everything Sean needs to facilitate the pedestrian yet vital function of urinating. It might as well be another piece of gear. The rock hammer for the pitons, the haul bag. Without it, the climb is probably over. We better start heading out right now. Okay, it's still not coming through, but I think we understand. We're going to head to the base right now. Over. We sling packs over our shoulders and race across the meadow to the base of the climb. In the failing light, we stumble over rocks and tree roots as we scramble through the boulder field to get back to the alcove. It's almost completely dark by the time we get there. We click on our headlamps and search frantically. As luck would have it, we find it quickly. Everything is intact. Nothing is missing or damaged. We attach the small bag to the length of rope the wall team has lowered from their high perch. Okay, so that's a positive. You have received the package. Yep, yep we got it. Um, thank you guys so much. Crisis averted. The climb will continue. Timmy wants to know if you uh, will bring beer and lighters and bring it up at the base tomorrow. That night, it rains again. In the morning, it's still damp, but Sean and Timmy are on their way. Ammon leads every pitch, followed by Cedar. Between the two of them, they haul up the loads of equipment. 
Sean comes up next, slowly making his way up the suspended rope. Timmy brings up the rear, all the while taking care to keep his brother safe. Ooh, that thing's dicey, dude. What do you want right now, ahead? Ahead, yeah. Getting ready to go for a rubber. Okay. You guys are almost out of danger. Cool. And so it goes. One pitch at a time, about five pitches a day, for the next five days. The weather remains cloudy and uncertain throughout, but it doesn't impede their progress. The going is slow but without incident. Day after day, they climb. Sweet dude, take us to the summit of it! Get us off this rock! Oh, I think Sean wants to stick around. Alright, we'll leave him down here for the night. Sean, you want to stay down here? On the last day of the climb, the ground crew and a small contingent of monkeys hike up to the summit from the back side. Everyone waits excitedly as the wall team hauls the last of the equipment and Ammon makes his way to the very top. Then comes Cedar. With the last fixed rope in place, Sean hauls himself up the final pitch. The last few feet he drags himself to the end of the rope, tied securely to a stout tree. He reaches out his extended finger and touches the knot. And just like that, he's on the sun. Yeah! That is the top of our cup, man. You made it. Yeah. Nice spot to sit right up there. Timmy makes it up a few minutes later. Ah, we did it. We're on top. Ah. My gosh, dude. Oh. The monkeys can do it. <laughs> they tell me Welcome I'm a monkey back. now, Tim. Are you a monkey because you climbed El Cap? Tired and filthy, the brothers embrace, laughing, surrounded by their family of monkeys. Still excited from their accomplishment, Sean, Timmy, and the rest of the team make their way down from the summit, down the long traverse off the back side of the mountain. Sean is carried down on the back of one of the monkeys, who hikes at a brisk pace all the way back to the cars. It bears mentioning at this point that the seven days that Sean spent climbing El Cap spanned the largest period of time he'd been out of his wheelchair since his accident 17 years ago. His so-called disability had become irrelevant. On his own terms and under his own power, the Monkey King had indeed ascended to his throne. It was the day before we topped out. I think I managed to get a seat on this crazy little piece of stone Half the surface area of this cushion and hardly anything else around it. And I am on this rock uh, close to 2,000 feet up in the air. It was amazing. I've got all my peripheral vision is surrounded by stone. Way down there is the ground. Got this beautiful warm sun, no wind. I even had the chance to like be a glutton and 
pull a book out and read it and it wasn't even windy and I sat there and read my book for 20 minutes while the Ammon and Cedar were hauling and I mean it beat being at any library I've ever been at. That was fun. I've got the trustworthy men here. You know, I've got a solid rope, I've got a solid rock, I've got wall all around me. It was like a throne. And then it was like as if it were my wheelchair, but it's not. It's a mountain. Like it's my earth chair. It was amazing. It's it was really neat. Sometimes climbs conclude with a summit, but sometimes these routes extend beyond the top of a cliff and into our lives. Today, Sean lives in Maine with a new girlfriend. He's taken up both adaptive cross-country and downhill skiing, and he looks forward to spending his summer climbing. Sean hopes to make it back to Yosemite. Since that first climb with his brother, Timmy has devoted his career in climbing and adventure sports to helping those like Sean to achieve their dreams, whatever they may be. In 2007, with the help of several friends in the outdoor and disabled communities, Timmy has created a new program he calls Paradox Sports. Timmy and Sean both work to help the disabled get out and explore their abilities. Sean's developing adaptive skiing equipment and works with a few disabled people in his area to get them into climbing. So 20 years from now, it won't be, you know, something you never imagined. People will be arguing, well... Yeah, sure, I know you're a, a T-whatever, you know, like have some certain spinal cord injury, but your bamboo pole was too long. It wasn't a clean climb. Do you think she's swimming in your lies? And as for Timmy, he plans to continue to work with the disabled. And just as he helped his brother ascend from a wheelchair to the summit of El Cap, Timmy hopes to help others find their own path despite the different means by which they may travel. Almost three years have passed since Sean and Timmy first climbed to the summit of El Cap. Every year since, they've made another journey up the big stone. There's plenty of places you can go to quiet your insides down. But, you know, El Cap is quite singular. It's very powerful. You know, like your, your whole inside just shut the heck up. You know, you don't really have problems on El Cap. You got, you're a bit busy staying alive and not starving and falling off the rocks. For the Dirtbag Diaries, this is James Mills. You can check out Timmy's Adaptive Sports Program online at www.paradoxsports.org. Independent radio producer James Mills lives, writes, and plays in Madison, Wisconsin, where he covers the outdoor world for Snooze Live. You can check out some of his other work and interviews with outdoor characters, including me, at snoozenet.com. Music today by Cake, Beat Under Control, Datura, the New Rochelle Rotary Club, and Museum Pieces. It's all on our site, www.dirtbagdiaries.com. Apparently, people have been digging the Dirtbag Diary shorts. I've already gotten a couple submissions from listeners, so if you haven't already, check out Indiana Powder Day. Listen to it, see what you think. If you've got a short essay or idea that might fit the bill, drop us a line at dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. 
As always, a big thanks to the people at Patagonia, whose generous support makes this show a reality. I'm Fitz Cahal. That was James Mills. You're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries.